Hey everybody, welcome back. Episode 18. We are, we are. Still rolling strong. How has your week been, Mike? Uh, my week's been pretty good. Um, we, I actually had the first RCA they've hired at our office in about a year shadow me yesterday. So, uh, been through orientation, driver training, and attends Academy next week. So, um, that was, that was kind of, uh, I told him if anybody looks at you funny, just say, look, you're the first new hire we've had in about a year. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't scare them away. Funny. Right. <laughs> they're looking at them funny because they don't know what to do because there's a new person on the floor. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, crikey, there he is in his natural environment, you know? So, uh, but you know, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a veteran. And uh, he said the same thing. My last RCA said to me was that, um, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm intend to make a go of this and uh, if they want me out of here. They're going to have to fire me. It's like, I don't intend on quitting. It's like, okay. So, Let's hope that uh, let's hope that uh, he makes it. Yeah, definitely. Let's hope he makes it for you. That definitely would help. James, how was your week? Oh, lots of lots of fun. Got into a fight with the supervisor, solving that, and then dealing with carrier questions still over the rec system and helping people understand the stuff, which. Most people don't even understand as it is. And, you know, trying to keep the peace and keep people from jumping the gun on things, so to speak. So it's been a lot of fun. I, I felt like I've been juggling about five swords, three chainsaws, and two flaming arrows at the same time. <laughs> I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Really, I do. <laughs> I started OJTing the one of the new uh, RCAs this week and I did it in the non-standard way just for the fact that I was already scheduled to run this route through Wednesday and I'm like well he's subbing on it just throw him with me we'll start training him and they had been casing for about three days so they were familiar with the case so once we uh, he pulled down all by himself he loaded the truck all by himself we took DPS to the street and he delivered the whole entire route Friday. Didn't want to take a break. Oh, didn't want to switch seats. And we got back at, I don't know, about quarter after five. So actually, that was really, really good. We and need to give him a hand. We need to yeah. give him a hand for that one, definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. So well, Saturday. Yeah. How long would it take? You did just that route. Just that route on the day that we had the mail that we had on Friday. I probably would have been back around 3, 330. That's, that's excellent. Yep. Yes. If he was only two hours behind, yes. doing most of the work himself. Yes. That is excellent. That, that and taking DPS to the street, too. First day out, uh, day out on the gate. So... So Saturday being, you know, people's J-Day, K-Days, I didn't have anybody to take the ox route for me. So 
because he did so well on Friday, I asked him, I said, would you be comfortable taking a portion of the route out on by yourself? And he's like, I think I could probably do that. I said, okay. I said, I'll let you choose what part of the route you want to take. Because the first half has, you're up and down US 23, and you've got several CBUs, which are still kind of confusing a little bit. And then we got one condos where each, there's 10 buildings and four four uh, units per building, and they each have their own mailbox that are, you know, you'll have 501 on top, 502 on the bottom, you know. So each bo each unit has its own mailbox. They're just in a big row grouped together. And so that kind of confused him a little bit. I got to teach him to look at the actual unit numbers and not the individual street address. But uh, so he's like, well, I'll take that back end after all the CBUs. I said, that's fine. So I ran the front half and my ox route and he was back and gone before I was. He he got I got him out of the I got him out of the office. He was ready to hit the street about five minutes to ten. And the postmaster went out to check on him when she was leaving for the day. And he was within probably within about a half hour had left of the route. If I was running it, about a half hour. So I gave him about 45 minutes left of the route to go at quarter to one. She texted me and let me know where he was at. Because I said, here's my phone number. If you need me, call me. He's like, oh, I'll probably call you. Never heard once from him. And I got back at quarter to three. And he was done and gone. And the few things that he did bring back were already recased up. Well, good on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're giving him Monday off. We're giving him Monday off and Tuesday he's going to come back and I'm going to have him run the whole route again on his own while I ride in the back on the jump seat. And due to the family stuff, he may just be completely on his own on Wednesday. So, but I think he will be fine. He is definitely, he's a keeper at this point. And then, uh, not this week, but the following week, I'll start training the other one on the street. So that's been my week for the most part. And then we got another one of the pipeline coming down, too. So I'll be busy training people for a little while. Josh, how was your week? Uh, well, for the most part, it was good until Thursday when the car I was using died. Uh, apparently, the timing chain jumped and messed with the tensioner, and they're saying in they're pretty sure there's internal engine damage. But the shop I got towed to didn't want to open it and look just in case, so they didn't extend the damage. So I got to get it towed to a shop that deals with engine repair. Gotcha. Which was a system loss car because my car, the um, there was an issue with it back in I think November December, and where the rod went through the block, and well, yeah, that needs a whole new engine. Yeah, Ouch. at that point you just get another car. Well, I got today's prices. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, was I get it. 
fine issue till, you know, this past Thursday. Uh, the RCA that I did have that seems pseudo promising, apparently, yeah, other than them putting her on city routes. Uh, apparently, I heard allegedly they let her go, partly because of a couple of things. One of which was no call, no show for Amazon Sunday um, station. So. That's never good. Nope. nope. All right, Bill. Bill, the stage is yours. Uh, I had a wonderful week. I mean, um, the weather was nice here. Um, the uh, management is outstanding. The carrier's dedication to being on the job on time every day is just wonderful. Um, life couldn't be any better. Um, and when I get off the psychotropic drugs I'm on, I'll tell you the real uh, story. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, it's amazing that you can speak so clearly with your tongue so, you know, so, so deeply in your cheek. <laughs> it's nailed to the roof of my mouth right now. <laughs> No, and I want to thank uh, Kristen for giving me the floor here. I, you know, after the uh, uh, podcast on Wednesday, it, it, it's been bothering me. All the subject matter on Facebook groups, the uh, Rural Carrier Associates, the Rural Carriers, that, 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 the Rex uh, programs and everything. And this is my pet peeve about the union. Number one, most people don't understand how a union functions and they think it's only there for them. It's, it's for the whole. It protects the individual, but it's there for the whole. It's not for your benefits, not for my benefit. It's for the craft's benefit. Now, to, to, to start on my main brief about this is all the negative comments in regards to what's going on. A, if you are not in the union and you are on one of these websites, shut the hell up. If you don't register to vote, don't complain about the politicians. If you're not part of the union, then you're not part of the solution. And if you say nothing gets done, that's because you're not willing to put your ass out there like we do every week, every day. And some of us go further than we really need to, but we want to help you protect yourself. So if you don't have the money to pay the dues, then there's something wrong with your finances. And I understand there are situations where, you know, uh, single parents are out there, you know, car repair bills, car replacement bills. I can understand that. But I don't want to hear you bitch about the union and the recs and everything else until you become a functioning member of the union and work towards the betterment of the craft and your office and the union itself. Okay. So just shut the hell up. As far as the union members are concerned, we discuss resolutions. Now's the time to discuss your national delegates. Stop picking the names you know. If you have state people that are good, then elect them to go to the, this national convention. If you have a good ADR, elect them to go to the national convention. 
If you have an area or local steward, you can elect them. Elect yourself. Get people behind you. The thing of it is that as we were, Kristen and myself specifically and Josh, on a previous podcast, we understood that you can't work from the outside. And that's why we didn't jeopardize our positions in the union by remaining with that podcast. You only can affect change from the inside. Mm -hmm. The only way you can currently affect change is to get people who are at the national convention to vote along the lines that are similar to your views, what you see to be changed, what needs to be changed. And it doesn't have to be specifically geared towards your personal interests, but what's in your office or how carriers are treated or how management is disciplined or how the contract is enforced. Vote for people who are going to represent the views of the craft. Ballots will be mailed out soon. You'll be able to elect these people, vote for these people, and then your state, whichever uh, state you're living in, based on the number of employees, will get a percentage of them to send to the national convention. Don't send people who are just names to you. And for God's sakes, don't vote for retirees who have no interest in what your job is and hasn't been for the past 10 years. There are some retirees in Pennsylvania. We have Wild Bill McGinley, who every year at every convention, at every regional convention and seminar, turns around and rents out a room, a.k.a. suite, and puts up a dry erase board or a, even a flip chart for all the things to be addressed. Now, there's somebody I, I, can, I can be you know supportive of. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are there for free vacations. They go see their friends from yesteryear. They have no horse in the race except for a vacation and to support those who grant them the vacations. Put people in power who represent the people and vote the people in power out who represent themselves. Has anybody noticed that since I brought to light the LM2s years ago, that all of a sudden the national board stopped spending $8,000 for mattress sets, $3,100 for personal desks, or $1,300 for a pellet grill? Mm-hmm. Has anybody noticed that, you know, if you look into their time and their leave and all that, which came up with a question last time at Texas, that all of a sudden, you know, oh, uh, maybe we should get paid at a higher rate. I'm requesting from our current secretary treasurer the payoff figures for Clifford and David because you're going to sit there and piss yourselves when you see a half million dollar payout for somebody who's had accumulated almost 300 days of leave at 500 plus dollars a day. And y'all voted for it because he made it sound like such a sweet steal, steal for the craft, well, for the union per se. Because we can't afford to carry over all this debt that we are going to owe in the future. So let's bump the money up and pay most of it out now. I want to see those figures. Because boys and girls, most of those people on the national board, except for the newly elected ones, are millionaires. 
multi-millionaires off of your dimes. And I'm sick and tired of it. That's my rant. That's my rave. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. I know you had some, but yeah, it's, and I, I, I give you, um, I second on Wild Bill there. I got a nice little fist bump from him after uh, my walking out of the caucus room he was in um, when I did my little caucus tour. Um, I, not all re retirees are there for a party. There are some that are still very active and wanting to help the craft, but that number is not as high as, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, you have to consider when my state sends 26% of its, you know, delegates as retirees to the national convention, something's mm -hmm. wrong. Something's very wrong. Yeah, it's, uh, and I noticed, and I wasn't sure if I was going to say this, but along the lines of um, Bill's thing there, uh, the at the end of the resolutions episode um, this past week, I had told everybody, you know, do your homework and go download those resolution uh, convention proceedings and, and give them a read because you could download 2022 and 2019. Um, it was locked out yesterday, the convention proceedings, when I went to go in there and pull up 2019s. So well, I've got all the hard copies. I do have. Uh, 2022's uh, downloaded and I think I had a hard copy of 2019 in it one time but through moving and everything it may probably disappeared on me so yeah as of last night it was locked out I haven't tried it today so unless they're updating the website again again yeah. just putting it out there that it was I just tried to, I just tried to pull it up and it's not letting me in either so. Okay, I was just going to look for it. So if you're listening, guys, hi. How you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, on that note, so kind of a little bit of a, I think we're going to kind of do a little bit of a roundtable tonight. Uh, everybody can like pick the topic they want to discuss. I know we've had some things, questions um, in the Facebook groups. We've had emails that we've been answering. James, what was the big one? End of shift duties. I know I've seen yeah, a lot of... Cool. Was that the one you wanted to talk about tonight? Yeah, this is, this is a big one, and I actually just recently saw another post about it, about postmasters telling people that they um, they can't do end of they can't uh, do more than five minutes at the end of shift duties and stuff like that, and it's not right. It is incorrect. They are instructing you improperly. The PO six hundred three is the defining regulation for postal carriers in the rural craft is the rural carrier duties and responsibilities. And for that, there is um, section four of the PO 603 that tells you all of your end of shift duties and everything you need to do at the end of your shift. And of course it's been updated a little bit with the, um, rec stuff to add the DPM and LTM systems, but 
there is so many different things you have to do at the end of your shift. And I'm trying to actually pull it up right now as I'm talking about it, that, you know, you have to do multiple different things to cover your end of shift duties as a carrier. You have to put your paper, put your times on your 4240, which is your time record. If your PM or your supervisor is putting in the times from your scanner and not putting them in from your 4240, they're doing it wrong. Um, if you took breaks at this time is when you uh, write down the entire accrued time of your breaks on your 4240. Um, you know, uh, route changes like your edit book. Uh, affixing postage to mail that you picked up postage for on the route, part of your um, stamp stock sales, you would not put it on the, the envelope on the route. You would save it for your end of shift duty and put it on in the office. Um, facing and depositing mail where it belongs, if, if you do that. Um, undeliverable ordinary mail returned from route. Casing the mail that, that you bring back to the office or depositing it where it belongs. Like if you take DPS to the street, like Kristen's uh, new sub was doing, taking the DPS to the street, at that time you would put it where it belongs. Um, you'd put away your uh, certifieds, your accountable mail would have to go in its place. Um, any money that you picked up on the route would have to be properly taken care of. Um, hang on. Um, empty equipment, putting it back make away. Make sure you put your empty equipment away. <clears throat> your, um, like I said, your edit book is another one. Your DPM and LTM mapping is part of your end of shift duties. Doing your case labels when you get new labels for your case, that is an end of shift duty. Maintaining your case. Putting up your PARS labels, however you do your forwards in your case, whether you put them on the forward card or you put uh, the name on the case with the label maker, all of that stuff is part of your end-of-shift duties. Taking your bathroom is an end-of-shift <laughs> duty. Emptying your bladder when you get back from the route is part of your end-of-shift duty. Both the management side and the union side's paperwork all say that bathrooms are not a lunch break. Yep. Going to the bathroom is federally required to be paid. And both the union and the post office have put that in their quick reference guides and their other materials that involve recs and all this other stuff. And if, and if I could um, interject, there's also a, uh, there's also a step four grievance settlement that says that, that says that as well to back that up. Exactly. So there's all other paperwork that backs it up as well. The other thing talks with management. If management wants to have an investigative interview or if they want to issue discipline or if you have to file a grievance, that is an end of shift duty on the end of shift clock. You don't go into anything else, just your return to DU and start doing all this work. Once you get done with all of that, then you can either go into PM casing or clock out. But you have to do all of this before you switch to PM casing or clock out for the day. 
This is time on your evaluation. This gets averaged out over the year, but this is your time to be put on your evaluation. And if you aren't doing these things on the end of your shift, you're leaving money on the table for the post office. And that is my opinion. I can only give you my opinion here. I don't represent anybody, but I want you guys to succeed rural carrier to rural carrier here. Even, even if you are, I'm, uh, I'm going to kind of step aside here and say, even if you are a non-dues paying member, you are still my brother or sister in the craft. You still need to do this stuff. You still need to learn this stuff. You still need to know about this stuff. And I understand some people cannot afford it. I know that if I was in a different situation than I am right now, I might not be able to afford it. I mean, cost of cars alone, we just talked about that previously with Chris when other people were talking. The cost of cars has gone so high that maybe some people could go, well, I, that $32 that I, or $32 I pay the union or whatever you pay the union would be better spent on me being able to afford to get to my postal job. Because I'm on table two, step one, lost a lot of money from my RCA days, and now I'm a regular carrier and can't afford some of the luxuries I used to have when I was an RCA. But we're all in this together, and everything we can learn from each other through whatever means possible to stick together is the best way we can do this. And learning all the duties all the scans use our the aftermath and uh, carrier discretion for <laughs> ideas of what you can do for those as well as your end of shift duties everything you can do that is listed in our paperwork to help your evaluation you need to be doing it's no longer oh well we have this two-week count where everything that gets counted matters and the rest of the year we can just do whatever we want Every day now matters what you do. Every scan matters. Every input matters. And everything you do on straight time matters. So make sure you are figuring out what you need to do to help yourself. Because your casemate may be able to give you an opinion but it is, of course, carrier discretion on <laughs> their route, what they want to do. And supposedly, we can figure this out together. Sorry, I had to throw the two drinking game words in there. <laughs> <laughs> and All I'll right. throw the floor back to you. All right. Now, I, there's um, another thing that was brought up um, was we have, especially, and I know I hear similar in my office, especially with the one route that lost the most, the coverage factor. I, 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 I get this. So I'm only going to deliver at 68% of my route and I'm done because that's all they say that I deliver. Um, there are carriers out there saying, well, if I don't have DPS, I'm not stopping, even if a flag's up or they have flats. Your coverage factor is based off of more than just DPS. 
It's also based off of the breadcrumbs in the scanner. And is there one more thing, guys? Your the digitally processed nonlinear mail. Yes. So, don't just deliver what you have DPS for. That is not going to help you out one bit. I've also seen carriers saying, well, I'm going to stop at every box. Well, that's up to you. Again, that's your carrier discretion. Flag is up. Postmaster said, if, my postmaster said that if she catches carriers doing that, when there's not a flag up or mail being delivered, and my postmaster does do route inspections, and she catches you doing that, she will immediately remove you from the route for falsifying uh, data. There's management that will do that to you. They will come out and they inspect your route, and if they see you doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, they could immediately remove you from the route for, for a, a gross violation. I And then the union that, stewards have to step up for that. That being in an emergency <laughs> placement for that, I... You know... It's a felony. Yeah. You're falsifying a government document. That's a felony. Yeah. I. You know, guys, just do your job. There were integrity scans, okay? Yes. Integrity scans are falsifying, you know, and, and yeah. they do that every day. Yes. As as you as National has stated in the past at conferences and conventions, integrity scans are not a thing. But management still tries to make them a thing. But what I'm gonna tell you guys is the flag is up, stop at the box. If you have flats, stop at the box. Not just if you have DPS. Come on, guys. Just, just all I'm gonna say is just do your jobs the way you've always done your job. You might have a few extra scans to put in there with a few extra trips to doors or a postage due or you know something of that. But when it comes to just tossing the mail, do it. The same way you've always done it. Where some of these numbers... I mean, again, until they actually give us the black and white data, I mean, we don't even have the answers for what this stuff is, unfortunately. And, and it's, you know, it affects us just as much as the rest of you guys out there. So please, you know, if a flag is up, stop at the box. If, you know... They have flats, but no DPS. Deliver the flats. I mean, I, for one, am not wanting to track that shit all the way back to the office with me and having to recase it, hoping they have DPS the next day. No, just deliver the mail. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's also delaying the mail, too. That's it's, delaying the I mean, mail. Exactly. Which is another offense. Yep. Um, and and let me also put, let me put this out there about that coverage factor. That coverage factor is, yes, based on digitally processed mail. That includes the NLM mail that comes in the little bundles and stuff like that. But it is not all the mail that you are counted for that day. You are also counted for your factor from the mini mail survey for the raw mail each day. You're also factored for the flats. You're factored for 
everything that's on your 4241M is factored in for that day. So even though you may not have the coverage factor that you're actually delivering, it's factored in elsewhere on your 4241M. So saying that the coverage factor is the basis of how much money you get paid to deliver the mail on the route is completely false because it's factored in elsewhere on your 4241M. You know, just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. We pride ourselves about giving a damn about our customers and making sure our customers get the best service possible. The management above our postmasters, and maybe some of our postmasters, probably doesn't give a damn about the customers. They just care about the numbers on a spreadsheet because that's all they see. They don't come out to the field and, and meet the customers that meet us every day at the mailbox and say, hi, how you doing? Are you staying cool on a hot day? Are you, are you uh, staying warm on a cold day kind of thing? They aren't out there checking on us and making sure that our customers are being treated with dignity and respect like we treat them with. Right. It's our just, job to take care of our people. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I, I just don't get this. And I, I saw some people trying to justify this on social media, going back to the, well, my coverage factor is only seventy five percent, so I'm only going to cover seventy five percent of my route, or deliver seventy five percent of my route, or I'm not going to pick up outgoing mail. You know, folks, I just don't get why. I, I get why people are upset about their evaluations. Believe me, I, I understand. And we, there's a lot of stuff going on with this. But why the hell are you wanting to take this out on your customers? Why, why the hell are you going to make them suffer because we're, we're having this battle with the post office right now? Um, Definitely not the customer's fault. It's not their fault. In fact, if, if, if people stop sending mail, we wouldn't ha It's one of those old things. If people stop sending mail, we wouldn't have a job. And then where would we be? But um, you can't depend on Amazon. Can't no, they could they could they could decide they could they could form a partnership with uh, I mean, they're doing their own now, but they could form some partnership. they could they could buy out FedEx or deep or UPS or DHL or, or somebody. And all of a sudden, all that Amazon would go away. Then where would we be? Timu. Um, <laughs> yeah, Timu. Oh my god! You know, it's it's funny because I uh, right before the Super Bowl, I started seeing ads. I started getting stuff from Timu in my parcels, and then they had an ad on the Super Bowl. I thought I'm already starting to see that stuff. Oh yeah, it, and don't forget about don't forget about Wish and uh, Alibaba. Is well, Wish still a thing? I think Timu a little bit. Over I still Wish, see ad but, for him. Yeah, you still, um, I still get those little tiny little packets once in a great while, but uh, yeah, Timu. Um, <laughs> that's always the thing, is you know your your Amazon queens. All of a sudden, you know, your next thing you know, uh oh, they discovered Timu. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was, yep. I was just gonna, I was just gonna throw in, uh, I was just gonna throw in a, a quote. Talking um, about that, I had a box from them that was like two feet by 
two feet by three feet the other day. Like, I didn't know they had anything that large. I actually saw a box. I was like, really? They use boxes? Everything else comes in the poly bags. But go ahead, Mike. Finish uh, what you were saying. <laughs> no, I was just I was just saying, to, just to finish up my thought, there was a, a, a prof- I, if, I don't remember which team he coached for, but a professional basketball coach. Uh, one of his one of his big things to his players, and uh, one of the things he always just stressed is just do your job. That's it. That's all that's all we can ask for from uh, from each other is just do your job and have some integrity. That's it. And if I, I can agree. go back to my my original rant. In regards yes. to the non-union paying members, folks, you have to realize that being my shop steward, that in March of 2021, I started monthly, monthly reminders to start scanning, start recording, doing everything that they were supposed to. We had the handouts back then before management was even aware of it. So mm-hmm. you had a two-year lead-in on this situation coming to head. And I explained the importance of this to you. And and here's here's the thing about the non-union members that, you know, I provided information for because, okay, they bid on a route and they get it. And somebody comes in behind them who's a union member and they have no clue whether or not these people had the information to do all their scans that they should have been doing for over two years and whether or not the route is properly evaluated. So I wanted to make sure every carrier in our office had the opportunity to maximize their paycheck, to make sure they were getting paid for everything they were doing. And yet, you know, union or non-union individuals were crying about the six scans. Folks, the six scans was the the (laughs) minimal view that you should have had in regards to your evaluation. It's only bare worth min- five seconds. It's the bare minimum for your evaluation. Yes. There you go. So, so don't don't tell me about you know the 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 six scans. Don't tell me about you know not putting the WSH or the uh, WSS in there, or you know the box holders or anything else. I purposely held up my wallet and the scanner and told them if it goes in here, you get it in your wallet. If you don't put it in the scanner, you're not getting paid. It, 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 you can't make it any simpler than that. You're giving the money back to the post office is what you're oh, doing. Yeah. And they're, they're gladly taking it too. All right. We had a question come on um, Messenger yesterday. The I believe it's on the 4241M. I didn't have one in front of me to look it up. But they want an explanation on the OOR, out-of-route drive walk. I got that. All right, go ahead. Of course I do. (laughs) Yeah. The OOR, out-of-route, is 100% your delivery to the door. It is your time. It's your drive time from your mailbox to your park point. And then it's your walk time from your park point straight line to the door point you plotted. And the drive time is through the speed matrix, the distance from the mailbox to your park point, and then standard walk time 
from the park point to the door and back. That's all it is. That is your out of route part of that. So you are getting paid to drive to your park point. You are getting paid to walk from your park point to your front door. And then That's what it is. I'm going to add, because another thing that seems to be very popular, um, <laughs> when you're scanning parcels, there are three different credits for the parcels based on where you deliver. You have in the box, parcel locker, and to the door. Now, the big question arises on garage, other location, front desk, um, etc. Anything outside of to the door parcel locker or mailbox gives you to the door credit so the delivered uh, in person whether they met you out at the mailbox or halfway up the driveway uh, if you delivered at the garage or at another location because they requested it to be dropped around the back door or put in a bin that they have because of the weather or they don't want people coming up to the door. I know I've got a few of those. Those all give you to the door credit on where you pinpointed the door during your mapping. And it's a straight line credit to the door, even if you walk to the side of the house to the garage or something yep. like that. Yes. Wherever you pinpointed the door. So if you pinpointed the garage as the door, because that's where you drop everything off at, then everything that's outside of the three basic ones all goes to that point, wherever you pinpointed that location as your main drop-off spot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of, there's a lot of, like we said in, in the aftermath and um, carrier discretion. It's, it's all supposedly designed to maximize the credits you receive in your scanner, but we haven't seen the numbers for it. And I went through my 4241M and added it all up, and I don't have all the calculations for it. And I found discrepancies here and there and everywhere in it, just like everybody else has. And the problem to me is we need the numbers. I need the equations, and I need the numbers that make those equations, and they aren't giving those to me. That is my biggest problem with this. If you I can think turn that's around, everybody's. if you can turn around and show me exactly how you calculated this out and show me all the numbers that went into it, I'd be perfectly happy saying, "Okay, yeah, I guess because of this volume right here, I deserve to lose two hours." But I can't say, yeah, that volume's not there anymore. I can't compare my mail numbers with the REC system to my 2018 count. I can't compare how much my DPS has gone down or gone up. Can't tell whether my flats have gone down or gone up. Can't tell if my packages have gone down or gone up. I have to trust, trust that somebody up at National or in some computer lab in the basement you know, chewing on Cheetos has determined that that's the mail volume I actually got for the year. I need proof. I want the truth. And you can't handle the truth. <laughs> exactly. 
Thank I you. was uh, hoping somebody would step up and say that. <laughs> but that's the key is we need transparency. We need somebody to step up and say, here's what you what you want. Here's what you need to do your your calculations yourself. When we did the mail counts in 2018, everything was cut dried right in front of our faces. And we don't get that here. We need proof. I'm a guy of truth, honesty, paperwork. Show me it in writing. When my PM asks me to do something, I say, show it to me in writing. Everything needs to be in writing for me because in the end, I want the proof that that's what it is. If I don't have the proof of that's what it is, this doesn't mean anything to me. You could put anything you want on it. But if you could show me, hey, all this, all this correlates to this, correlates to this, correlates to this, I'm more apt to believe you. Anybody uh, agree? Disagree? Also, I'm going to add I, I, on. I do agree with you. I'm going to add on because this has been another hot topic on the, the, the social medias. Logging in under the city carrier side and looking at the how am I doing option. The how am I doing option on the city side has absolutely nothing to do with the rural side. Therefore, is not going to be a reflection of what you're doing that day. It is not a rural side program. It's specifically for the city side and is not an accurate measure of anything based on a rural I think we should reach out to, if, if any of our city carrier brethren and sisters have how that's figured out for them and can get it to us, how that actually works for them, we'd appreciate that information so we can actually pass it on to our rural carrier brothers and sisters. Because I would love to know how their program works. I mean, I have seen city carriers go into it, and it has hard braking and fast acceleration yep. and they're on a walking route <laughs> and they got and they got flagged with hard braking and fast acceleration uh and they're walking um well that's what i was trying to well that's what i was trying to get away from the chihuahua that's the fast acceleration <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> the german and shepherd I jumped the fence and came after me uh, Hopefully your satchel and dog spray come in. <laughs> and the parcel count from there and the in the review my entries and then I forget there was one other spot that you can look. I can't remember where it is now that I actually looked that up. Had three different numbers for the parcel count. Yep, Grant, because the, the review, review entries the re is all scans, pickups, drop-offs, um, um, carrier pickup requests, manifest forms. Right. So, Anything you scan, if you scan the, the red plum scan there uh, at the beginning of the week, that goes in there too. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, I know that number will be, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, will be a few, off, you know, a few off, but 
Like I said, and I can't remember when the third truck. place. Well, yeah, low truck actually my, goes in there too. Didn't, uh, I don't use it, but that function's turned off in my scanner right now. So, along with the look ahead. So, not that I usually use either of those options anyway. But, um, I want to say, segueing from what you were saying about M writing, we had someone message us earlier today and I told them that I would bring it up on our panel this evening just to make sure that I told them correctly. They were inquiring about the finding the guarantee for 2080 with the high option. If it means, you know, if it means anything other than if you are eligible and have the option of the high low option that you have to sign that guaranteeing that you will take enough annual leave to stay under 2080 to take the high option. You know, if, am I correct on that? That that's the only thing that that represents that you're signing that you will take enough leave to stay under 2080 hours to allow you to take that high option if you're eligible and it's an option for you from the way your route ended up. I do believe that is correct. Bill? I, I would agree with that, yeah. Okay. Like yeah, I said, I, I was 98, 98% sure, but I, I wanted to make sure that I did not give the incorrect information to this person and I told them I would have that I would make sure we discussed it this evening. I would add to that is you would take enough leave, whether it be annual leave or leave without pay. They will, will make you take days off without pay to stay under 2080. And not that I would condone right. it, but I, I know people have used sick leave to accomplish that same. Mm. Well, hold on. You, you're talking about doing the jobs the way we're supposed to do the jobs and being honest and forthwith. And then you throw out carrier discretion all the time. If you don't take it to the door, then you shouldn't be putting it as the being delivered to the door. Correct. Okay. I mean, yeah. Your, 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 your breadcrumbs will actually change over time, depending on the footprint of where you're delivering it. And where you're scanning it. That includes if you're one of those that scans it in the truck. Oh, God. Yeah, please. That was fun mapping. I had one carrier, and I knew exactly where she parked every time because that's where she scanned the package. I looked at her and I said, you're scanning in the truck, aren't you? She's like, yeah. I said, stop. Supposedly, <clears throat> that the geofence of where the vehicle, where you parked the vehicle, in a lot of cases, it would be by the mailbox. So it's going to recognize that you are at the mailbox when you scanned it delivered. Let's you know, how accurate that is or not, I don't know. But 
And, and remember, management has the discretion to go out and do route inspections at any time that they feel like it. Now, you should be observant on your route, and of course, you should be doing your job right the whole time, but you should know when they're following you around and watching what you're doing. And there has actually been no instance where a manager has been following a carrier around and they've called the police on them and the manager got upset about it. You're actually protecting the mail calling on the manager following you around. I've heard of customers calling going, why is that car following you? Yeah. You know, it, it, it happens. I mean, usually they, I'm not going to say usually, but yes, they are yep. entitled to do route observations. I had Lord, one. I, I had a funny time. I had, I, I knew she was out doing observations that week, and I didn't recognize the car she was driving. <laughs> and I had a package delivered, and she was parked in the driveway of the house. I needed to deliver the package, and I walked up to the car thinking it was the customer. <laughs> and she just laughed along with me on that one. But, uh, yeah, they, they can definitely, uh, you know... Anytime. So and it and it doesn't necessarily have to be your local management. It could be management yep. from another a nearby office. I've it known could be of somebody, somebody from, from Yeah, it could be somebody from district. I know somebody yep. we uh my old office they let us know that safety was out and about and would be uh you know, inspecting routes and stuff too. We didn't know who it was or what the car looked like, but we were aware that safety would be following us around. Could be inspectors too. Yeah, yep. uh, yep. I was just gonna say that because uh, I had a little run-in with them years ago, and uh, ended up sending one of them to the doctor's, uh, the hospital, to get stitches in his head. Holy <laughs> cow! <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, well, I, I came, I came out of this business where I went in, in and brought a tub in with the mail and, and collected the tub that they had there, and as I come out, there's this guy going around the side of my truck, you know, and, and checking the door. And, you know, he, he didn't have any, I couldn't see any ID from the behind. So I ran up, I jammed him head first right into the frame of the door where the mirrors <laughs> were, put a cleft in his forehead, had him on the ground. And here's this other guy getting out of the car with a gun pulled. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> Here was a postal inspector checking to see if the vehicle was secure. I'm like, shit. <laughs> was it secure? Did you, did you get accommodation for that? Uh, no. Uh, the postmaster said, yo, what, why didn't you challenge him first? I says, I don't give you that opportunity. <laughs> not in my, it's not in my training, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, that was a lapper about a year and a half in my office. <laughs> Don't go near Bill's truck. <laughs> uh, he, he was nice enough about it. You know, he says, it's the first time that's ever happened to me. And I said, well, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Our job, right. No. Yeah. Our job here is to invigorate you and make you care about your job more than you already do. Yeah. We want you to care about what you do and where you're going in this job because now it's up to you how this job takes care of you. And we want you to succeed just as much as we want to succeed ourselves. Some of us lost money. Some of us gained money. Some of us stayed the same. But we're all here for you 
to give you the hand up in your career here in the in the rural craft. So yeah. anything we can do to help you, let us know. Because we don't care if you're in Michigan or North Carolina or Florida, South Dakota, North Dakota, or even Hawaii. We're here for you guys. Or Puerto Rico. Let's not forget about yeah. our carriers down there. Our carriers in Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories, as well as our carriers that serve our military bases. I want the rural route in Guam. Yeah. <laughs> Guam is good. Yes, it is. That's why we're so passionate. That's why we bring our, our attitudes and our, our extreme voices to this. Is because we care. No matter where you are on the chain, whether you are a current rural carrier or even a retired carrier you're still a rural carrier to us and we may say things that upset you but we hope you take that anger that you get from us upsetting you and put it towards bettering the craft because that's yeah. what this whole thing is about bettering the craft exactly i mean we we all don't agree with each other all the time but we know that we're all in this together for everybody. And, you know, that's exactly what we're we're trying to do. And and to get, you know, be active. If you are, you know, you, you're questioning everything, be active. You know, it, even if you can't go to the conferences and the convention, you can still vote for those delegates that are going to represent you. And like Bill stated earlier, and I've stated it in past episodes, do your homework on those nominees. Because, you know, that's where the votes come in on the floor are those delegates that you send to convention. Those are the people that are casting that vote on your behalf for national officers, for resolutions. You know, they're the ones that are up there objecting to resolutions to get clarification or say, no, this, no, this won't help, or yes, this will help, or, you know, they're the ones arguing at the microphone over resolutions. You know, they're the ones voting for national officers. They're the ones that are sitting on a Thursday night during caucus till 10, 11 o'clock at night listening to every one of those people, candidates that are running for office. And trust me, Thursday nights are rough. <laughs> oh. I have, yeah. I have, I have sat through caucuses as, as a delegate, as an alternate delegate, and I have walked through caucus as a candidate. Thursday nights are brutal, you know. And that's, yep. you know, I'm gonna put this out here on, you know, yes, the pictures that you see that are posted on social media, the, the banquet, and everybody sitting together at night drinking and laughing and the partying you know yeah they put those ones out there because it's showing everybody having a good time but that's our way of relaxing after we've been on a convention room floor winding down after a brain meld of business i mean i I I go home after a week at convention more exhausted i was you know, working 60 hours a week during Christmas is the only RCA in the building. Huh? Because it's it, it's a mental overload. 
how many times during yeah. convention did we break for the e or when we finished for the evening were all the food places uh at the at the convention site closed yeah you know it's yeah. like you know um it's it's a good thing i had some some stuff to eat in in my room because otherwise i'd have, you know i wouldn't have had anything to eat until the next morning at breakfast mm -hmm. you know um is, I, I had a, I had a room full of first timers with me at convention this last year, and the, one of the reasons why I drove and those that helped me unload my car and take everything up to the room. I mean, I had coolers, I had bags and boxes of snacks and and coolers of stuff, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. But you know, to just because you know you're not necessarily going to have a meal when you get done. And Friday nights, the last night. Yeah. I am at Grand Rapids went until it was just nine o'clock at night by the time we got out of there because you go until you're done. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and the other and the other thing is the the site they had in Orlando uh didn't allow for outside food deliveries. Yeah. So you couldn't call up a you, you DoorDash or Grubhub or the local pizza joint and have something dropped off. You had to buy you had to buy stuff from their or you know, from their food court. Or, or, go, or whatever or go off site if you had a car yeah to go get food i mean i we did that one night we went to wawa to get some food you know wawa 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 <laughs> wa, wa. <laughs> but yeah it's you know not you don't have that luxury everywhere you go of being able to order in or so yeah you you take stuff and you know it's yeah, that's what they post. They post the of pictures of everybody having a good time, you know, because that's what they want to portray is we're all having a great time here. And I get I get the animosity you get from from others saying you're just going to party. The after parties oh, is yeah. the wind down. Trust me, that is yeah. the wind down from the yeah. brain melt of the day. I'm going to just say this. From the state convention that I went to, my butt was sore after that one. <laughs> Josh, Josh, and that wasn't even as long as national. Josh compared national to state on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I seen yeah. the I seen the the times you guys were talking on online and stuff about it, and I'm going, you guys are just getting out of that. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah. yeah. Oh hell, and and then after that, you know, you you spend two hours carousing on the in a bar, or outside, you know, just still talking to people. I mean, you know, then then you're getting up at six a.m. You know, trying to get a a shower with three other people in the room. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, but yeah, no, it is long days. It is definitely, yeah. it, it is long, tiring days. And, yeah, it's, I, as a delegate, that's you just... get mounds of paperwork to go through, resolutions. I mean, you go back to your rooms and you're going through resolutions together. You're, you know, because you got to read through those before they actually do them on the floor. Because if not, you're just yep. going, huh? That's exactly why my resolution failed at national last year because it was so long people went this is too long skip next one yeah that's and, and you're just talking about people who are going just as a delegate 
think about the yeah. people who who have who have who go and have special assignments. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, my my state president was on the appeals committee. Yeah, and he they went he went early, a uh, couple days early, and he had just one checked bag that was all the paperwork he had to do for the appeals committee. Because they had all those those appeals that they had to that they had to adjudicate. Well, yeah, you get everybody. Um, the resolutions committee, the teller committees, all those people come in early yep. so they can get their training yep. and get their instructions before they're actually on the floor having to do what they have to do. As, especially for the uh, national officers' votes, uh, voting for our national officers, he wasn't even. I, I think he missed half of them because he still had work to do. Uh, with the appeals committee, mm -hmm. and so he had to. Uh, he, uh, you know, I don't remember how the how we did it, but yeah. So you know, don't. I know most. I know most union conventions are, are portrayed as big parties, but this, you know, there is actual work that gets done. This is, you know, when we say, you know. You complain about this or that with the union. Are you just going to complain about it on social media, or are you going to, you know, if, if, especially if you're a member of the union, are you going to get involved? Find out how to write a resolution and send it up for through your state. If you don't know how, find somebody who does. Yep. And draft them together. One of our one of our supporters here just had her uh, county meeting, and how many how many resolutions did she say she took? Like seven, something uh, like that. Yeah, something seven or eight that sh that she took the time to write out and you know and take to the floor of her of her meeting to try to to try to make change. You know, and you that's know, what we need be, right there. Yeah, you know, being a keyboard need. being a keyboard warrior is not going to is not going to cut it. And that kind of gets me to to the thing I want to rant about is everybody's saying. Well, the the way to show the to show our disapproval of what's going on with this is to drop out of the. That's the worst thing that, you can do. That's that we're going to show the big wigs that enough of us drop out that if our if they're if the dues dry up and they can't get their six figure salary, then they'll start to pay attention to us. It's like no, you just make us weaker. You just give them less of a voice. That gives mm -hmm. that you know what's what you know then they have to. You know what salaries are they going to cut? What what are they going to start cutting at headquarters? Are they going to start? You know, are they going to have to make cuts to the legislative liaison office? Are they going to? You know, what are they going to do? They're going to have to cut their assistant staffing. You know, the the, yep. the normal staffing, the outside employees that are staff at the office. You know, the people those who, people, the people are, who fight for us in, in arbitration. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. The people the, the, who can make change in arbitration could be cut because we lost union dues. Yeah. I mean, and if you have to start it, eliminating staff at the office, well, now you're putting even more onto that national board member who is at that office every day. Now they're having to answer their own phone calls. They're having to answer. And it, you might not hear back even longer because... They don't have the staff to research that question and pass on or answer that phone or any of those, you know, putting the files together, 
I mean, you're looking at even longer days. You're looking at even more work for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not just... And And even if you think them answering that phone every time you call is a benefit to the union, that's... They're, if they're working on your project at, and then somebody else calls in and they have to say, well, I'm working on this one project. I'll get to yours as soon as I can. How many projects are they going to have to stack up while they're working on the one project for another carrier? Or how many how many projects are going to get shuffled into the pile and, and not taken care of for a couple of years because they're, one, they're now a one-man show working on it when they used to have five people working on different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, it, the, union, the union is us. The union is everybody. It doesn't matter if you are dues-paying or non-dues-paying. We are all the rural carrier union. We are all the voice of reason in our offices. We are the voice of the contract. We are the voice of the rules and regulations of the post office in our office. It is our job as rural carriers to stand up for this craft. And I don't care if you are a non-dues paying member. If you see management doing something wrong, correct it. And if you can't get it corrected, grieve it. It doesn't matter if you're dues paying or non-dues paying as a union steward. The union steward is supposed to defend you as if you are a dues paying member, even if you're a non-dues paying member. And if they're not doing that, then you report it to their uh, assistant district rep or their, your district rep or even higher up than that but start at the lowest level you want to solve everything at the lowest level it's the same with grievances you solve grievances at the lowest level possible or but you, can... you need to start doing start doing your research start learning your craft and excel at your craft that's the only way we can keep going forward with this, is if everyone starts looking and excelling at their craft. And sometimes you can resolve a situation without, before even having to file a grievance. Not in all situations and not with all management. But there are times and there are you know, situations to where things can be resolved without having to go through that grievance process. For example... Yeah, we- Tomorrow morning, every regular carrier and every sub's getting a copy of why you don't work off the clock. Because we had three instances of it this weekend. And I'm going to write down all the names and have them initial that they received a copy of it. So that when this happens again and somebody files a a grievance and I, I go under a class action against management, I have the ammunition to say, they're aware of this, you're aware of this, prosecute it mm-hmm. because guess what oh it doesn't hurt my evaluation yes it does it does oh it doesn't matter to anybody else yes it does because the person who might bid on your route when you bid off of it or when you retire or when you quit is going to be pissed as hell that they're a h42 instead of a j45 So if you can eliminate that situation before it becomes a grievance, then do so. Always take it and settle it before it becomes a grievance, if possible. Well, if they're a J45, they would be a K42 when they move to that route. Or 41, depending. 
Close enough. 40, It'll do. Yeah, 41. 41, 42, somewhere in that. Depending on the standard yeah. hours, yes. Yeah, depending yeah. on the standard hours, but yeah. And that's the thing, is working off the clock, I'm going to say this. My route stayed the same. Now, for some ungodly reason that I can't calculate out in this 4241M, I know that I've been working close to my evaluation every single day, not by choice, but by mail volume and package volume and things like that. And my times were practically standard, except Mondays, of course, the heaviest day of the week. My times were pretty much fluidly near the same time every day, and I came back at the same time. The carrier, another carrier I know who works off the clock, even comes in on their day off, went down because he works off the clock. There, There is a reason why working off the clock is bad for you, not just on your evaluation. It's also illegal. And Management allowing you to do it is illegal. And if something and, was to happen, yep. if you were to get injured, was to, yeah, if you were to get injured at work while off the clock, OWCP will not cover you. Yep. So I mean, if you grab, if you grab, it, grab a stack of, uh, let's say you're you're casing your um, marriage mail for the week. You're casing it to so you can deliver it that day off the clock. And you pick up one of those bundles and you pull a muscle in your back. Guess what? If you were on the clock, that'd be a workplace injury. But because you were off the clock, it's not a workplace injury. Therefore, you don't get the coverage of light duty at the post office. There is no light duty for rural carriers unless you're injured on the job. Still limited duty. There's no light light duty at all for rural side. Just limited. I'm just saying. And limited oh, well, is what work. I meant. Yeah, and limited is only for workplace injury. Yep. And if you're working off the clock I, and get injured, you don't get that coverage. All right. Here's another example of how working off the clock you affects you whether you think it does or not. During the arbitration where we got um, Rx, they changed the DPS standards. Yes. So was it from 30 pieces up to 42 or 20 something pieces up to 42 a minute? No, it's 43. 43. Now, yeah. now it's 86. Which is ridiculous. I'd but like yeah. to see Dr. Miracle uh, do 86 a minute. Right. Even after a month. I just want to know how a stop sign is only half a second when almost every single, well, the uniform tra transportation code says you need to stop at a stop sign for a minimum of two seconds. Because that's... <laughs> <laughs> and I found out the reasoning on this one was that they did that because most rural carriers don't even stop that long. <laughs> but, if they, but if they didn't put that figure in there, then they would be condoning rural carriers to drive recklessly. So they had to cover their asses. That's what I, that's what I found out. Okay. More than half a, half a 
Second. Yeah. Oh, we we have a carry we call Jet, and there's a reason <laughs> why we call him Jet. <laughs> yeah, we we have one. I think it's a race between two of our carriers on who gets back the quickest. And I I still, you know, the one gets up that they got back before I did. But oh, yeah. I don't get. You know, it's not a race, guys. It is not a race. Yeah, we we had a one of, one of my coworkers. Uh, uh, one of the other carriers in my office uh, bragged that she had the highest drive speed of anybody in the office. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Just cutting money out of your pocket. But but that the drive speed on the on the forty two forty is actually or forty two forty one is based on your line of travel yeah. and the distance between your stops. So having the highest speed is not a benefit to you. Yeah. Uh, you have to you have to you have to know you have to know her to to appreciate the humor there oh yeah i can imagine yeah she has she has a lead foot <laughs> yeah and, and, and yeah and, you know and it's always that one that the truck is in getting brakes done more often than the rest of them because <laughs> you're like how the hell are they getting through that route so fast well there's a reason why that truck's in yeah. the shop all the time <laughs> Uh-huh. They melted the, they melted the brakes of the rotors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, we had one girl that used to be so fast. Whenever they put the jump seat in, we would give somebody a neck brace to go with them. Oh, yeah. And they'd look at it. And they'd say, well, this <laughs> I, is to prevent the whiplash. <laughs> I, I have learned how to brace myself very well in the jump seat lately. <laughs> I, I put I put one foot on the wall, one foot on the, on the uh, tray stand. Yeah. yeah, I got short legs, so I'm usually holding up uh, between the two, uh, between the door and the and the frame on the other side. Like, okay, I'm braced we, now. Yeah. We, we, we actually had a ride-along that didn't, you know, brace herself, and the guy hit the brakes, and she come flying over the dash all the oh. way up to the windshield. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Oh Lord, Ooh. let me tell you. There's seatbelts. Well. There's seatbelts for a reason. <laughs> yeah, well, she was a little big to fit in the seatbelt. Uh, no. All right, on that note, guys, since uh, we're going to wind it down, so we're not going too far over tonight, um, your uh, final thoughts for the evening there, Josh? Um, just keep keeping on. Um, do what you're supposed to do, scam what you, you know, what you can legitimately take credit for, try not to get overwhelmed. If you do take a step back, step back in or take a breath, then step back in. Have a good week. Mike, your final, uh, commentary for this evening. Uh, just um, we've we've been saying it here, uh, and we we've alluded to it a lot in in previous podcasts, and James has been talking a lot about it tonight. But but we we all got to stand with with each other, stand with and for each other. Um, I said uh, I said a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it again. You know, the very first postmaster of the United States, postmaster general of the United States, Benjamin Franklin, said it best. Um, you know, we have to all hang together, for we will sure at least hang separately. So let's all hang together. All right, James, your turn. 
you know, the biggest thing you can take away from these podcasts is the motivation to do better at our craft. And like Mike said, we're in this together. Thick or thin, high evaluation, low evaluation, it doesn't matter. We are all one craft, one group, brothers and sisters, fighting for the same thing, which is fair pay at a good job, at a good benefits job. And we need you to step up with us and be part of the change this union needs, the change the union wants, and be that member that takes the time to understand how to better themselves in the craft. Because without this craft and without each and every person in it, there is no rural carrier. Step up and help us help you. Thank you. Bill? Well, aside from my opening rant in regards to union, non-union members, um, I'd just like to point out to the fact that my office, I represent everybody equally. If management's in the wrong, I go to bat for you. Whether I like you personally or not, whether you're union or not, it doesn't matter. I'm your defense attorney, okay? And I go to bat with a big piece of lumber because I can't stand the way management tries to bully people. So whether you're in the union or not, you get the same representation from me. Whether I like you or not, you get the same representation because of the fact that I'm defending the craft. And as long as I do that job, nobody can ever say, well, Bill doesn't like me or we don't get along. Yeah, I, I don't care. I, I set, set aside all personal likes and dislikes when it comes to defending the craft. That's what I'm paid to do. That's what I do. And nobody does it better than me. I mean, I file more paperwork than the Brazilian rainforest cut down, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, thank God for laser printers. <laughs> I still want to get you a crown that says Grievance King on it. I mean, that's just my goal. <laughs> But, you know, in all truth, folks, you know, uh, the, the job will pay you for the effort you put into it. If you don't put any effort into it, then you, the, you can't expect much, okay? And you're doing a disservice to yourself, to your family, to the craft, and to the person who follows behind you. And that's, that's not fair. Uh, nothing else in the world, I always try to be fair. And I, I want everybody to get as much as possible they can out of their career. I, I want them to be able to go home every night safely. You're the most important delivery of the day. And enjoy the efforts that you had and, and the opportunity that you had to provide for your family and for yourself for future. And, and that future will only get better as long as you participate, as long as you get involved, and as long as you, you put some effort into the opportunity presented to you and all you have to do is reach out and grab it. That's all you have to do. If you don't know something, guess what? Ask somebody. We're right there. We're willing to help you. There's people in your office that you can't talk to. There's people in the office you can talk to. And if nothing else, there are plenty of websites with social media to seek help. 
to seek information, to get educated. Put some effort your into your job. What was that? You also have your access to your district reps and, and union representatives aside from your office. Yes. But, you know, folks, make make the effort. Go out there. Have a good week. Be safe. You know, carry your discretion. But, <laughs> you know, but don't, 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 don't overdo it. Okay? <laughs> I have to agree with everything everybody has said this evening. Um, I'm just going to put the toss out there that... Uh, I am going to be looking to do a uh, series for RCAs um, coming up in the future, hopefully closer than further away. Um, I'm still in the planning processes of what I want to do for that. I'm going to reach out to those RCAs that are listening. If you want to be involved, please send us a message, and uh, we'll definitely I'll get back to you on that and see where we're going to go from there. But on that note, everybody have a safe Monday tomorrow, and we'll be back next week. And remember, carry your discretion. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night, everybody.